You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Praise be and blessed day. This is your host, Angelica, and joining me is my wonderful co-host, Ryan. Say hey, Ryan. Hi. All right. And today we will be discussing episode 10 of The Handmaid's Tale titled Witness. And woo, was it a sight to behold? It was, yes, it was. <laughs> this was a doozy. So, uh, Ryan, what were your first thoughts on this episode? First of all, I think the episode should have been entitled Fred because he worked my nerves in this episode. <laughs> um but yeah i i really liked i really liked this episode um of course it hit you emotionally so i was Mm -hmm. not you know i'm never a fan of that part that's every time on this show we get those episodes that just kind of rip you apart and then you like i just hope there's some something coming that's gonna make it better (laughs) but um but yeah it it definitely i think it definitely covered a lot of ground as far as like you know keep to, to i like how the show always has a way to really push a character Right, you know, right, keep, right, like developing them. So yeah, I thought it was good. A good, um, it's a filler episode, but I know it had a little bit more because it was leading to something. Like you actually felt like it was going somewhere instead of just like you know they needed a, a episode ten. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was definitely some pivotal points in this episode that kind of made it a little bit more than just a filler. Um, definitely push the story forward because the biggest complaint about this series has been the fact that June goes nowhere. Right. Her story, she's basically in the same place she's been since season one. There's not so that there is an internal character development as far as what kind of person she's become and how this world has molded her. But as far as her circumstances, they've basically remained the same for the last three seasons. Um, So this episode definitely pushes her forward in her arc. Uh, you know, Ryan and I are a bit behind on the series because we do an episode a week. So we didn't get a chance. You know, at this point, the last two episodes of the series have already been out. The season finale apparently was crazy. So we're looking forward to discussing. Oh, yeah. um, but at this point, you know, the last two seasons, every time June's about to, like, escape, be on the cuffs of being out there, she goes right back. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hoping. always so bad when she goes right back, too. Like, it's never like, oh, let me just slap, let me just give her a little slap on the back of the wrist for a little bit. It's always something ultra dramatic when she gets stepped back, too. Right. So I'm hoping, my hope, because I've only gone up until episode 11. Yeah. So my hope is that June either gets herself out or she gets, you know, she, she does what she promised of Matthew, Natalie and gets these children out. Um, so that's my hope, you know, and then hopefully now that we know we have a season four coming up, um, I think it would be a good idea as much as I love this show. I don't know how far out they can stretch this story. That's what Um, I'm wondering. Yeah. It's getting tough. It's getting tough. So my hope is that maybe season four is the final season. And that they kind of wrap up 
the world of Gilead, you know, its downfall and its aftermath. I feel like that would be an interesting last season. But yeah. who knows? I mean, you know, it's such a popular show. They always find a way. Yeah, they, um, might, yeah, they find a way to keep jagging June through it, maybe. But yeah, yeah I, I kind of I waiting for her to get a resolution because I feel like it's only so much that they allude to in this season a lot. It's only so much a person can take. Exactly. So I kind of feel like it's getting to that point where it's like they need to have some huge something happen. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with it. I mean, like I said, I love the show. It's been great. But, you know, everything has to come to an end. And I do feel like the fourth season probably should be the last chapter. Um because, I mean, unless it's, like, season four is the revolution, like, the actual revolution, the the fall down of Gary right, Adder, right. and maybe yeah, season yeah. five is, like, how they pick up the pieces. But I don't think they should be taking this past a fifth season at this point. Like, that's yeah, just Yeah, they gotta have some really hard hit and, like... People need to stick around, you know, for, you know, 13 episodes and season four, then you want 13 more, you know, like it's got to come with it if they're going to try to do season five. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. But yeah, this episode, definitely a push forward, which is, like I said, what a lot of complaints have been about, about the fact that this show has kind of been stagnant. Um, So after being in the hospital for, I think, 30 plus days, um, June is escorted back to the Lawrence's home by Aunt Lydia. You know, she was on her knees uh, <laughs> a long time. So, you know, her legs ain't, she, she, she got to yeah, get that, her that legs back. Painful. Yeah, that walk, <laughs> the escort, oh man, I was like, I feel for on that one. Yeah, she definitely, I think she might need an electric scooter. Um, but she, <laughs> <laughs> hell on wheels. Um, but she gets back into the house. Um, you know, Aunt Lydia advises her to go upstairs, take a snooze, take a rest. And this is when we get our June voiceover. And she's like, but I don't want to rest. Um, and so they kind of discovered that the house has been renovated, which kind of makes me sad because I like the old school gothic vibe of their house. Um, but apparently, you know, as we had alluded to in previous episodes after DC, we were like, well, I wonder how long it's going to take for what the standard is in DC to be rolled out into Boston, into the greater Gilead. So as you can see, um, the Lawrences have had to update their home, um, to kind of match what, what the aesthetic is in DC. Um, and so Aunt Lydia points that out. And then one thing's like, oh my God, if they're updating the houses, what else they got to update around here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Aunt Lydia points out that June has been gone for for the last ceremony, but she's returned just in time for the next. So, side note. You know, she's so welcoming. She has so much welcoming news for yes. you. Like, I feel like that's what you want to hear. I've been on your knees for so long, and then you come back in the house. I feel like you need to hear that. Yes, now you get to be on your back, ceremonial rape. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, like, oh, exciting. <laughs> exciting. Um, but it's important to note that the Lawrences um, have never abided by this particular ritual in Gilead um Joseph has never participated in a ceremony um and if you remember from last season when Emily was first assigned to the Lawrences uh she kind of was expecting a ceremony he told her to get up he's like I'm not sleeping with you um so this is not something that they do so I'm sure it kind of 
jars June to hear from Aunt Lydia, like, oh, just in time for this month. Like, what you, what, what's, what you say? <laughs> what you mean? Yeah. Can you, can you say that again? Can you say it again? Um, so, you know, and then June kind of gives her like a double meaning. So she tells her, like, so Aunt Lydia's thinking that June's reply to her is because she's saying, like, oh, you know, um, my time in prayer has helped me realize my true purpose. So Aunt Lydia's like, oh, you're such a good girl. You're going to make babies wonderful. But June's actual response is saying, like, I found my true purpose as in I'm going to smuggle these kids out. Um, And so uh, so basically she gets settled in. She goes into the kitchen where the Marthas are. And there's a couple baskets of scones. Um, And Beth tells her, like, scones mean no. So according so basically this network, obviously they can't exchange notes. So a way to kind of communicate to each other is if a Martha asks for something, um, then the Martha's other Martha's, the network of Martha's sends something back. So in this case, scones mean no. Um, and basically um, they had asked for more medication to be smuggled in for Eleanor because Eleanor is, mentally ill um she has some uh, like i said my guess is bipolar based off her depression depression and her manic stages um but basically they're saying like sorry we can't help anymore we can't give her we can't smuggle medication for her anymore and beth notes how she's gotten worse um and june's like i thought that was i was gonna say i thought that was interesting because i would think like you know just because of his position they wouldn't have to go. I mean, it would have to be, I guess, a little bit undercover because I guess he doesn't mm-hmm. want to know this. He want people to know there's something going on with his wife, but I wouldn't think it had to be that covert. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. Where he would have to go through. I would think it'd be a little easier channel to get her like medicine that she needed. Um, I think it was in a way illustrating the power of the Marthas. Um, just oh, that's true. Yeah. that, yeah. you know, they really are, you know, the ones that call the shots around here. Um, And we learn more about that in the following episode, just how powerful these Marthas are. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this case, they're like, you know, Beth saying like, sorry, the Martha said we can't give her medicine. And, you know, Eleanor's getting worse. And June kind of knows like this woman is not going to last long around here. Like it's not going to happen. But she has Beth ask the Marthas one more question. She asks for help to smuggle babies out, the children of, of Gilead out. Beth's like, you're going to get killed. June's like, just ask. <laughs> like, all they can yeah, say is like, no. Has that ever seen me before? You know, just ask. Yeah. Um, so, you know, June's getting settled in and she hears Eleanor upstairs screaming at Joseph. She's like screaming at him to get out. So Joseph comes downstairs. He sees June as he's walking down the steps and he welcomes her home. Um, so June asks after Eleanor, she, you know, she, she like lets him know like, hey, I heard that she can't get her meds anymore. Um, and you can't lock her up forever. Like, what's your plan? Um, and Joseph's like, I'm not going to send my wife away. Like, she belongs here with me. Um, so June kind of starts to appeal to his better nature. And she tells him, like, you know what? You can get her out of here. You can get a truck. You can go with her. Um, you can go together. Because you know she's not going to survive much longer out here. Like, she she can't linger like this any longer. Um, and Joseph kind of warms up to the idea. He's like, okay. All right, maybe. Um, And then June kind of in her voiceovers notes that, you know, he's scared now and fear can be a great motivator. 
So here come June, master manipulator, pulling the right strings. <laughs> I will give her though. I will, yeah, I will give her. That was very smooth. Unlike most of the stuff she does, that was pretty smooth. <laughs> yeah, that was. I will give her that. Like usually, she's not that smooth when she comes with something. Yeah, but she definitely knew what buttons to push and, and what to say to get him to kind of start to think about other options. Um. So next we go to fish and loaves, and actually it's funny. Um, <laughs> someone on Twitter pointed out that it's, they're called loaves and fishes, but I. I like my I like my way better. Um, so we just gonna keep, <laughs> so we just gonna keep calling it fish and loaves because it sounds nicer. Like I don't want to say loaves and fishes. Who says that? Yeah, we yeah we need to give it a, like a little like little nickname. Yeah. You know, we gotta get fun with it. Yeah, fish and loaves. Um, so as you can see, so June's walking into fish and loaves, and you know the last time she was there, that's when Natalie had her breakdown and you know try to shoot up the joint um so obviously now security is heightened there's guards everywhere with guns like basically natalie would never be able to do what she did if she were still around like anyone like they are definitely out for the security of these handmaids they can't afford to lose another one so june's looked on with suspicion Okay, because this is like the second or third walking partner of hers. That I mean, this is the second one that's that's died on her watch, right? And then Emily escaped, so she doesn't have the best reputation at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, maybe we should shop over here, this aisle. Yeah, let's let's stay away from her. Um, and then of Robert, you know, that's my girl, full of sarcasm. <laughs> She's like. I don't think I should be talking to you. You're way too conspicuous. And and June's just like, can you just find out how many children are in this district? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't give me that. I ain't got time for that. Okay, I need information. Don't play with me. Yeah, Robert's like, ugh, fine. Um, <laughs> and then these sirens or these alerts go off um, because it's time for an inspection. Apparently, this has become commonplace. So Robert's like, ugh, another one. Um, so the handmaids gather outside. Um, they're lined up for inspection for a special guest. Um, Fred appears with his creepy self. Um, yep. <laughs> he speaks to June and he's like, oh, how are you? How have you been? You know, sorry, we got you out here in the cold. Um, but you know what? You're a native, you're, you're a native New Englander. You know, you're used to your Boston girl, born and bred. Like you're used to this kind of weather. You're built tough. Um, and it's like, it's almost like his creepy way of segueing into, you know, offering her a chance to transfer to DC. Yeah. And you notice how June, like I always notice in these scenes that kind of stuck out to me. She never keeps her head bowed down. You know, it's like, she always, it's like, she's always ready for somebody to do something to her. Like she's going to make sure the attention is like drawn to her. I just found, I just like, I finally like noticed that after looking at so many episodes, like Mm -hmm. she's never going to be, even though we know something bad is going to happen and she never going to, she might not get away with it. She's always going to be that person. That's just like, I need to draw this attention towards me Yeah, she in a situation like that. She don't bow. I think, I mean, June's, smart in that regard she knows there's important people coming she's going to stand out in the only way that she can so her defiance is i'm not putting my head down i'm not bowing down so you know fred tries to you know up the creep factor on her and june's like your wife your <laughs> wife is here <laughs> you know what i'm saying like okay focus on that don't focus on me because it's quite clear fred still got a thing for june Right, his little creepy tail. I'm like, back up. She's not in your house anymore. Get yourself together. Back it up. So the special guest turns out to be Commander George Winslow. Um, so he arrives to inspect 
the handmaids apparently the handmaids of boston have a superb reputation um i wonder why that is probably because they keep making babies i don't <laughs> they have a great <laughs> reputation i mean remember from i believe it was season one um yeah. when the the mexican officials and the ambassador they came to boston um and serena was kind of in charge of you know helping them through that they basically arranged to take the children of gilead to mexico because their population was dying so they have this great reputation of being able to produce children um and the fact that they can't talk and you know really voice like the ones and get you know so i mean other other layers to that story but you yeah know. so you know they're not quite as oppressed as the ones in dc you know apparently they get this big fatty diet um they're a little lax on the rules here um because even when winslow looks at the handmaids he points out janine's eye patch and he's like that's kind of against yeah. regulation and, and not lydia speaks up for her and he's like okay well in light of you know her her wounds we thought it'd be okay to allow her this one you know this one thing and he's like you're comfortable with doing that considering you know the type of resistance in place in this in this district uh the fact that these handmaids have risen up a few times and lydia's like we ain't worried about all that right now we're good <laughs> we're good in the moment um and so you know he he kind of takes note of june and um Oh, actually, let me back up for a second. So when they're talking about the regulations with the eye patch, and he's basically saying like, okay, well, this is, you know, we're trying to turn this into DC, um, you know, the veils, the rings, and Aunt Lydia points out, okay, you know, that's voluntary, right? <laughs> like, hope you know, like that, that's a vow of silence that is voluntary. Um, so they're not trying to turn Boston into DC where it seems like even though quote unquote is voluntary, that's what those handmaids have to do. Like she's trying to say, like, my girls want I want my girls to have a voice, which she had said to June a couple episodes back. Um right. and then he takes note of June. So he, you know, he talks to her and he asks her, like, how's uh how's Joseph? How's how how are you feeling in the Lawrence household? Um apparently uh Winslow goes way back with with Lawrence. Um and June tells him like I'm I'm fine. I'm great. I'm happy to serve him. Like she, you know, at the end of the day, she's in the best place possible with this particular household. She's not about to mess it up. So, right. we go back to the house. Um June looks for Lawrence, and we learn now that they have this crackdown on 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 wanting to convert, you know, the greater Gilead area into basically a uniform of dc we learned that joseph no longer has meetings at his house he actually has to leave he has to commute and he has to take meetings <laughs> where he's supposed to <laughs> i'm like come on lawrence lawrence is supposed to have a power yeah, but we're slowly seeing his his power being stripped yeah, it's, away it's, yeah. um so he you know the clout or, or the type of um authority that he once held slowly is starting to get peeled back and we see fred rising and joseph's you know light dimming um and so jo jo june goes into the study um she searches for files of the children like she's going she's digging around and eleanor like discovers her and she's like you're up to something you're always up to something what are you doing um she's like no are you looking <laughs> for your daughter and this is one of the few times where she's she's manic but she's lucid um yeah so june's like no this is not about my daughter this is about my friend's children 
Um, and she kind of tells her her plans. Like, she's like, I want to locate the cho- the other children in this district. Um, and Eleanor, you know, she's down for the cause. And uh, she tells her that the locations of the other children are in the Red Center dossier. And you're like, ah, oh, dag, it's in the Red Center, darn. And she's like, and... Yeah, you like, she ain't yeah. And then she's like, and Joseph keeps them in the basement. Let's go. <laughs> So, <laughs> can I just say I love Eleanor for real right. like even though she has her moments where she goes in and out she is always like dropping some kind of jewel yes. to help June yes, out absolutely. She, I like her when she's you know has a clear mind so they go in the basement they find the records and June starts to kind of plant seeds in Eleanor and she's like wouldn't it be nice if you could leave this place um, and I, I like Eleanor's line where she's like yeah where I can get mood stabilizers instead of herbal tea <laughs> um and so june kind of tells her like you know you can get away from here with your husband you guys could escape and eleanor rightly points out that joseph is a war criminal you know he can't cross the border he'd be jailed or he'd be killed um and then she's like oh oh my gosh i found it and then she's like i'm so happy you're back things are so much excited they're so excited when you're here um so she kind of like loses her train of thought (laughs) but she kind of gives in saying those things she gives june an idea like oh okay light bulb um and so we move towards discussion so there's um winslow fred and serena they're I guess back at a hotel or back wherever they're staying. And I I noticed Rita Mm -hmm. in a corner um, and they're discussing the new policies. Apparently there's been some resistance in the other districts in regards to the implementations that they want to um, put in for, for basically following what DC has been doing this whole time. Um, And he says, you know, Wenzel says like, you know, all this would be so easy if Gilead would be recognized as a sovereign state. So they're still struggling to kind of find their place in the world. Um, and then Fred, always a snake, voices concerns on Joseph Lawrence. He, I was like, why, Fred? Why you got to be jealous at, at this, this moment, moment? Right. He says he, you know, he's had four handmaids and none of them have produced children. Um, and you can even see that with his current handmaid. And he proposes that they make an example of him. And I'm starting to think, like, what exactly is your motivation here? Are you that consumed with June that you're willing to do anything to get her back? Yeah, I, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is. I think he is true. Like, you can tell by the way he was ironing her at the ceremony or at the inspection. Right. He was truly, like, he he cannot let it go, which it's like, it's it's amazing to me how he can't, but, you know, it's like you can tell he just cannot let he it go can't. no matter what. And it's kind of, I mean, I feel like he is killing two birds with one stone because if Joseph falls, then he rises. But at the same time, it's right, that right. added benefit of having, you know, his preferred handmaid, June. Um, so I'm like, what are you up to? Um, so he, you know, so what Fred is proposing, Serena thinks is extreme. Like, she's like, isn't that a little extreme? Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's Fred. Yeah. So of course and it and is. he's like, no, I mean, he's, you know, he's supposed to be the architect of Gilead, but he hasn't been, you know, pulling his weight here. Like, we need to do something about this. Um, so we'll see how that pans out later on the episode. Um, but June, actually, at this point, she's in the basement, she's by herself, and she's going through the records. And this is actually the first time that it's been confirmed the amount of time since Gilead came into power. June says it's been five years. Um, and she notes like babies that were one are now five, you know, 
kids that were five are now 10. Like they've missed so much in their children's lives, you know? Yeah. I think that was really a powerful Mm -hmm. moment right there. And like that, the records are like Mm -hmm. hidden away. So, you know, everybody else, other people would have privy to this information. But just to know that it's been five years, like we know June has been like on a steady mm-hmm. mission to get Hannah back. But to know that it's been that long for like, and there's just like so many children, like, you know, even if they were to go back, how would they even begin to repair yeah, something it, like it that? Very kind of, I know it's, um, excuse me, this is an extreme example, but it kind of reminds you of the situation with the detention centers and ICE and these children being held. For months right. at a time, yeah. being separated from their parents, or vice versa, and the parents being held and the children being separated. And oftentimes, when those children reunite with their parents because of the trauma they've experienced, whether it be being held in the detention centers or being on their own in shelters, they don't really have a happy reunion. Those kids are shell shocked. Um, so it's like, how do you rebuild after all of this pain? Um, so she actually goes through the records and she sees, you know, and you see the records like the true name of these children and then their new Gilead name. Um, we actually learned that Janine's son, which we, we've heard of him before, Caleb. We learned that Janine's son was um, was killed in a car accident. Um, and of course, Janine doesn't know, doesn't know anything about this. She's under the impression her son is out there somewhere. Um and she rightly points out that, you know, children die in Gilead, you know, that, you know, all the prayers. Yeah, they didn't do all it, the yeah. prayers in the world can't save your kid from a car accident. Um, right. Like they think they're creating this little safety net, but it's like, you know, you just rip some families apart and then she's never going to, you know, like she never had a chance to talk to her son again, you know, and she probably, I don't even know if she ever find that out. They're right. not there I anymore. Think, I mean, I think it'd be very detrimental for Janine to get that information. Oh, yeah. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It'll definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so June's going over these records. And then she's, you know, Beth comes downstairs and tells her, like, she's wanted upstairs in the study or in, you know, yeah, she's wanted upstairs in the sitting room. Excuse me. So June's in the sitting room. She kind of starts to peep what's going down. She's slowly. Oh, and Beth comes in with a pillow. When I tell you, have never been so scared in my life to see a pillow. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Yeah, you know what that means. That's time to kneel. Um, so she, go, she yep. goes into the sitting room. She kneels. Um, and, and you have to keep in mind that no one in this household has ever done a ceremony. So, um, you know, Sienna and Beth are standing in front of June. And June's like, you guys might want to back up and go stand over there. <laughs> like yeah she was she basically was telling everybody where they had to be which i was just like isn't this a twist right. to the so story instructions where, where where to stand and then you know serena comes in with eleanor so the way these ceremonies work is like the handmade meals on the pillow the rest of the household is witness to this so if there was a driver he'd be there like nick the marthas are waiting there then the wife comes in and she sits down and then you know because they're quote-unquote bearing witness um, to make an example of Joseph to ensure that they have a su- successful ceremony, Serena is also with Eleanor. So they sit and they wait. And then the tradition is for the husband to knock and then the wife is to let him in. So they're knocking, they're knocking, they're knocking. Eleanor's never done a ceremony. So <laughs> Serena's like, ah, like Serena's prompting her. And then, you know, Eleanor's like, come in. So they come in and it's not just Joseph, it's Fred and it's Winslow. And then we get the added, the added bonus of Aunt Lydia. <laughs> so, uh, 
here like, we go. Oh, so we, we go. learned that this is called this this type of ceremony is is called bearing witness. Um, it's a way to ensure that a household that's had trouble abiding by the rules that they are following through. And it was initially done at the beginning of Gilead, but it was seen as unnecessary. But because Lawrence has not had a child in all this time, and Fred, you know, dropped that bug in Winslow's ear, this is what they have to do. Um, and I love, <laughs> I love Lawrence. He's just, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to bear witness. Aunt Lydia's trying to like, you know, doing her Aunt Lydia thing where she's talking about, oh, we're just here to make sure everything goes well. And he's like, are you going to sit in the bed with us? That would make it interesting. <laughs> I'm like, this guy. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, let me just keep on since you guys want to make this even worse for me. Let me just go ahead and add in my yeah, exactly. uh, sister so Huber. He, he goes to the hearth and... um like I said, they've never done a ceremony. He's supposed to read from the Bible. He don't even know where his Bible is. And Aunt Lydia <laughs> glasses are missing. I was like, oh god, yeah, Aunt Lydia this is not go well. like, Oh, they've never done this before. And so he like calls over to Beth. He's like, Beth, and then he kind of covers it up, like, don't move my stuff. <laughs> um, and Winslow <laughs> makes a joke like, oh, you forgetting what you're doing, old man. Um, and so, you know, they get ready and Aunt Lydia's like, all right, let's get, you know, Joseph's like, let's get this thing over with. So he reads the Bible verse. Um, and I believe it was Rebecca in the Old Testament as basically begging Abraham to allow them to have a handmaid. So for those of you that aren't aware, as we said, Gilead is this fanatical, zealous, but religious country. And a lot of their ideals are pulled from the Bible, basically from the Old Testament, um, and that's, you know, what they built this country on. And so the whole purpose of the handmaids, um, was to basically, uh, basically it's a reference to the Bible where, um, Rebecca and Abraham were infertile, unable to have children and that, and the fact that they were like, Oh, I think Abraham was like 99 or something crazy like that. And she's always wanted a child. And so was it Rebecca or was it Sarah? No, it was Sarah, excuse me, Sarah. And she requests Abraham to have a handmaid um, so that she can have a child. And she's like, if you don't do this for me, I'm going to die. Uh, and then obviously she had a miracle. She had her own kid and, you know, Isaac and Jacob and so on and so forth. And um, I think they call the Red Center the the Leah Center. The Leah and can you help me out here, Ryan? Leah and... I'm trying to, yeah, I can't, I'm trying to remember the scripture as you're going through it. Um, I know so Leah, Rebecca but I can't, let me Jacob's see. Mom. Here, I can, um, and then Leah is Leah. Jacob's wife. And then he had a favorite wife. Leah, what, what's her name? We're going to have to Google this. I, I'm yeah, putting I'm my to parents to shame here. right see. now. I'm, I'm supposed to know my Bible. <laughs> yeah, me, you and me both. Yeah, I can't even remember it. I think I was so like just um, scared for that scene that I was oh, not even. Man, hold on. I think I got it. I'm going to look up the Red Tent, which is one of my favorite books ever, which is about <laughs> Jacob's daughter, um, Rachel. Excuse me. Yes, the Rachel and Leah Center. So basically, yeah. Sarah or Sarai and Abram Abraham had a handmaid who gave birth to a son named Ishmael. Um, Sarah had a miracle and she gave birth to Jacob and then Jacob had a million kids <laughs> by his wives Leah and um 
what was the other one's name rachel and then he also had two other wives that were slaves that were given to him that he made into his wives so there's that history that's why they do handmaids in gilead because it's a way for the wife to be able to have children so you're welcome for that <laughs> crazy yeah i'm like i'm reading wikipedia as you're talking this is this is nuts like it's just like amazing to me the detail mm. in the show to like for them to use the bible to get away right. with basically right right and it's, this, por- it's important know. to point out that in the bible you know um abraham's handmaid came to him willingly willingly it's important to note that um it's commonplace to have multiple wives in, the, in that culture so you know Jacob's wives came right. to him willingly. Um, and I, I think the promise was that even the wives that were slaves, like, okay, now you're equals, now you're wives. So it's not the same as ritual right. rape, like on this show. But of course, the Gilead loves to pervert, you know, the good book. So yeah, yeah, it's not, they're, they're not, not willingly they're held down, actually. <laughs> so, um, literally right um so you know joseph's like let's get this over with and um they go upstairs as june's going up i think Lydia kind of gives her a warning like i mean it comes off as like this is what's going to go down but she's warning her and she's saying like you know there's a doctor that's going to examine you when you're done so they can't just go upstairs and sit around to pretend like they just you know got it in they have to actually do it because a doctor is going to examine to make sure that she's for lack of a better word been penetrated which is terrible to say but that's what he's there for so you know joseph basically tells them when they're all in the room so it's eleanor june and joseph and he's like we're just gonna sit for 20 minutes quietly and then we'll go downstairs you know we can play cards or something june's like we can't do that and she's like a doctor is going to examine me um and Eleanor starts to lose it. She begins to cry. And he, this is when you kind of see Joseph. This is the few times that you see him vulnerable when he's comforting his wife. And she's crying. Yeah. And she's telling him, like, you promised me we'd never have to do this. And he's like, we don't. We don't have to do this. And June, once again, the voice of reason here, tells him they have to. You help create this world. Now you have to abide by their laws. Um, or you're going to end up on the wall. And Eleanor is like, well, you know what? Maybe we deserve that. You know, maybe I will, I will be free of this place. That's fine. You'll be okay. And June's like, no. Handmaids are 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 tasked with reporting deviances, as are Martha's. So if you guys go down, we all go down. Um, that kind of makes her cry even more. So she starts to sob in despair. June takes charge and she guides them. She tells them, like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be quick. It's going to be over soon. Um, So Eleanor is made to sit behind a curtain. Joseph tells her, and this is kind of, this kind of broke me a little bit. Because he, she's sobbing. Obviously, they love each other very much. And he tells her, like, this doesn't mean anything. You know, you're the one that I love. You know, it'll be over. It'll be, it'll be over soon. Um, And then, you know, he pulls the curtain uh june basically is the one trying to drive this ship steer the ship and she tells him to treat it like a job detach yourself you're not you and i'm not me this is a transaction and then it'll be over and he kind of steals himself and he turns off the light and thank goodness they did not (laughs) have us watch this Yes, I love that. When I tell you I have never been so excited for something to go to black and move to the next scene in my life, I was like, because they've been known on this show. Like, it it brought me back Mm -hmm. the way I felt before he turned the light off. 
brought me back to um I can't remember the exact episode in season 10, but it even gives you like a uh, warning in the description when, of the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, when the one um, basically was trying to not only punish June, but kind of rush her pregnancy. And so she, she held right, June right, down. Yeah. And basically, I mean, I mean, it's always been a rape, but this was like a brutal rape of a pregnant woman. Yeah. Um, right. And I couldn't believe that. I was so, when I tell you, I got off the episode, took a minute, came, because I couldn't believe yeah. that it had got to that level. And that's what this brought me back to because, you know, we have seen that June and Lawrence relationship build in such a way. And I was like, please tell me they're not going right. to bring this back to this level. You know, of what we got like all season one where they have to reduce it to this just because Fred can't get over right, that. He yeah. wants his handmade I mean, back or whatever. I'm, obviously, even if we did see this, it would not be nowhere near as brutal as what we've seen before because they neither one of them want to do this. Like, That's true, yeah. This is something they're very forced to do. Yeah, and she was. Yeah, at least when we kind of get to see June, like, actually, she, I mean, even though she does have very little control, right. she also had control because she was the only one that was like, okay, I've been through these horrible ceremonies before. Right. I can kind of, I can guide you guys. You know, we right, gotta fake exactly. it. We got to fake our way um, through so this. When it's over, Joseph walks out. Um, Serena goes to comfort Eleanor because she knows how hard this is. And June is examined by the doctor. And it's so matter of fact, like, he's like, do you have any pain? you know any any bleeding and she's like nope all good <laughs> like just just get out of my face um <laughs> and Aunt Lydia declares that it was a, right. a successful ceremony and so they all leave and as Fred's walking out he checks in on June because he knows June hasn't been doing any ceremonies um and he's like you know how and he for whatever reason in his mind thinks that what he and June had was consensual like that June wanted him at one point and you know June has allowed up until this point because this is how she kind of um gets her power and has how she kind of leverages things but june don't want him so um right i was like yeah he got real played okay and june's like at least it wasn't you and i was like oh bird (laughs) i was like get him yep mic drop and you can tell that that he was shooketh Yeah, you could. Yeah, Serena had to cut, needed to come get him. You could tell he was uh, done he, after that. Like, she needed to come get him off the floor, boy. She got him because he really thought he was something. Like you ain't nobody. She been playing you like a freaking right. puppet this whole time. Bye, Fred. Um. <laughs> so you know, this is you know, we kind of start to see the aftermath of this act. Um. So June finds Joseph in the kitchen having him some scotch. Um. And she asks, you know, if Eleanor is okay. And Joseph says, like, she's just been really quiet. Um, and he passes her birth control and he calls it a relic. Uh, and June's like, you know what the penalty is for, for contraception. I'd be ripped apart by dogs. And I'm just like, is she joking or is she serious? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I was stuck um, on that moment too. I mean, it's another one of those, like, almost, that's another yeah. one of those, like, slavery Re- you know references of like when they caught them you know just reading ripped apart the dogs i don't know that one paused mm. me a little bit i was like what the penalties in this society i just i i don't know it's just like there's never is it's never it's always yeah. something new like you never can get settled yeah so what they're gonna put you for in this society really legit policy i mean they stoned them why not let them be ripped apart by dogs 
Or, yeah, or yeah. Or I they, guess that'd be that next step in this crazy world. Yeah, beat people to death in a frenzy. Like, so who knows? Um, so um, she tells them like, you know, you can give me birth control, but you know, this is not going to be the last ceremony. Um, and he says, I know. He takes another swig of that scotch, um, and he tells June, you know, I, I will, I will get you the truck. And she's like, say what now? <laughs> um so yeah so he gets her the truck or he t- he promises to get her the truck and she uh he walks out and uh she treats herself to a nice little glass of scotch on her <laughs> so well deserved yep. ma'am well deserved um yep um yep, and well then played, she does well you know, when he does say that uh he'll give her the truck he makes he tells her like i'll get you the truck just get my wife out safely and um she tells him like you know we can we can arrange for you to go too um if you bring them something valuable the children the stolen children of gilead and joseph says you know i'd be a hero and he walks off and like i said june has that little drink so Moving on. So the next morning, the next day, she goes to my favorite spot, Fish and Loaves. <laughs> fish and Loaves. And I should oh, be yeah. Fish and um, so <laughs> It should be, I would say. <laughs> it would be. That, it would be a hell of a team club. Fish and Loaves. God. Yeah. Maybe yeah, having that pine and Fish and so Loaves. But anyways. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe you should open up a Jezebel <laughs> something like that. But like a club. Um, so June approaches a robber <laughs> who's had enough of June. She's like, "Uh, get away! You're like a nightmare." Uh, <laughs> but she gets her attention. She tells the robber, "Like, look, your son. I know where he is. I know where Dylan is. He's five now. He has blonde hair." Um, and a robber's like, "Oh my gosh, her. You know, his dad was blonde." Um, so. June's like, I need you to ask around. You know, I need you to help me. Like, I know who your, I know where your son is. I know where all these children are. I need you to find me, like, basically, like suitable kids, like quiet children that are not going to. It's 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 almost exactly like the Underground Railroad, where if you brought your children along, they had to be quiet. They right. had to be cooperative because if not, they could be killed. So, um, so she tells a robber, you know, ask mm-hmm. around, see what you, who you can find that you think will be suitable to take along. Um, you know, to smuggle these children out. And then Janine's like, I can help. And they look at her like, girl, what? And she's like, what? I'm brave. And I was like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, yeah. And it's true statements, though. I mean, nobody has been beaten more. Yeah, she done, she jumped off a bridge. I'm just saying. Um, And so, you know, she asked you, like, yep. okay, you know, where all these kids are. Do you know what happened to Caleb? Is he okay? And mercifully... You know, and it's funny because they're looking at this tank of fish, obviously it's fish and loaves. Um, and she mercifully tells her that, you know, her, you know, her, her son's family got relocated, got transferred out to California. His mom is so nice. They live on a beach. And, you know, that makes Janine happy. And it kind of breaks your heart to know that, like, she's never going to know what happened to her son. Yeah, but at least we get a. I feel like we get a little right. piece of June redeeming herself. You know, like as she keeps right. building on, like we get some more of that old June back that yeah, we exactly. were like, okay, so, she gone, you know, she's she, never coming she's back. She's definitely getting back to herself, and she's extending this kindness to Janine because we we all know Janine would not be able to take that if she was told her son was killed. Um, 
but you know now they're all working together so you're like oh like finally something's moving forward yeah so speaking of moving forward apparently someone else is moving forward so fred and serena are back at their like luxury hotel um and fred thanks serena for being so resilient at last night's ceremony um serena's like yeah don't worry about it but you know what i need you to stop focusing on yourself and prioritizing yourself enough is enough i need you to get nicole back and um Two of them. Two so women like, and you know, you know, Give two me that BS about you know, well, you know, she, she's she's she need you know we need to leverage this and da, da, da. and she's like you know what, forget about all this government stuff. I have a way, and she pulls out a satellite phone. Now I'm gonna back up. I'm not wrong very often, but here in this case I am. So remember when she went to Canada and she she passed on you know the tape to Luke, and then. June also kind of gave her like Nicole's mm-hmm, handprints, mm-hmm. but then we notice there's a note, another note in her bag, and she looks down on it when she's on the plane on the, on the way back from Toronto. I thought it was the hand, the footprints of Nicole. Right. Like I thought that that's what it was for whatever reason. Turns out it was actually a satellite phone that Tuello, the American ambassador, gave her, and a note said something like, "Let me know if you need my, let me know if the offer still stands," something like that. Um, oh yeah so then explaining why she had that weird yeah, look on her face so I missed that you know stuff happens I'm not perfect um, but <laughs> what oh my gosh alright go, go ahead go ahead so yeah so all along she's had this open commu- this this way of communicating um, to someone out in Canada someone that's actually powerful so she tells you know Fred about this offer um, she's like I met this ambassador this American his name is Tuello um, he gave me this all you have to do is agree to cooperate. Um, and so, you know, they look at the phone together and you don't know if they make that call because we cut to the next scene. But it's like Serena taking matters into her own hands. She's about tired of it and his antics. Right. Um, so the next scene, I actually love this next scene. Um, so June walks into the kitchen Beth is in the kitchen. And you know how in the beginning of the episode, you saw a couple baskets of scones. Well, apparently muffins mean yes. And the entire kitchen is filled with baskets and baskets of muffins. So apparently the Marthas have agreed to smuggle out these children. And June's like, we're going to need a bigger boat. (laughs) So... Right. I love how they use baked goods, by the way. Like, that's oh, my I favorite. Love I love muffins. I was like, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I wanted a scone the first time. I wanted a muffin in this scene. Like, I'm just loving how, they use, how they're using these baked right. goods so right now. Of, you know, re- relay these messages. So I'm like, mm, I'm hungry. I could use me a, a chocolate chip muffin right now. Um, right. <laughs> so that ends the episode. Um, so, you know, I definitely thought it was a clear push forward it was a heavy episode but they've kind of moved the players yeah. into place so you know we've pushed joseph into this desperate state where he has to help june and her plan apparently the water fridge are tired of waiting around for nicole so almost everyone is kind of looking towards canada um and f- getting the hell out of gilead so uh what were your you know final thoughts on this episode what we can what you would want to look forward to the next upcoming episodes just 
you know, what, what you're thinking? Um, I think, um, well, okay. So I was going to point out, you know, I'm always thinking about like the music and stuff when we do the episodes and yes. everything. I think it's called Symphony Number no. 9 because I wanted to look it up, but I wasn't sure. I don't know mm-hmm. like that much about it. I was still trying to like Google some information on it, but they were playing right. like, I guess it's like some kind of like little opera tune or something. But the way they, mm-hmm. they were placing it in the episode was interesting to me because it almost, to me, it almost kind of gave it like a, um, you know, kind of making it okay sort of feel, like a kind of lighter feel, but you could see like like the first scene when um June is walking with Aunt Lydia back to Joseph's house, you know, she's mm-hmm. she just looks out of it, like she's just gone. But then you have this little like kind of symphony symphony tune playing like underneath her, which I thought was just like right. really it's just like really well placed how they did it. It was just kind of because it kind of messaged you a little bit. Like if you think about it too much, the way like her actions plus the music and all that kind of stuff, I thought was interesting. Okay. Um. Well, based off some googling, if it if we're correct here, it is Symphony Number no. Nine in D Minor, which is um the final complete symphony by B- Beethoven. Huh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. It's one of his best known works. Um. And it's used very often. Um. Apparently, in the 2010s, it stands as one of the most performed symphonies in the world. So very common placement to have it on a TV show. But yeah, this show does a great job, and it's kind of funny because that kind of stuff i wish i would take more note of i should because i actually little known fact i'm a classically cha- trained violinist i played the violin for 10 what? years um look yep, at you drop yep, knowledge yep. and can play the violin you better get it yep yep i do what i can um so- <laughs> I, I love it i love it <laughs> um so yeah so and i was in orchestra and all that good stuff and at one point i was like a first chair so i was doing my thing but i got tired that is a hard life i, 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 oh, I was going to say <laughs> what was that routine like day to day gosh that's a lot of dedication so my poor fingers got so callous and um people laugh at me um but i actually lie about my rotator cuff injury uh-huh um i you know, most people that have rotator cuff injuries are doing sports like baseball, like a pitcher gets rotator cuff injuries. Mm-hmm. My behind got a rotator cuff injury from playing the violin. You was playing that so, thing. <laughs> I was playing that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, but this show does a great job of using mu- music as an effective method of kind of driving the story forward. Yeah, because it just pulls um, at you a little bit, you know, because you're like, I was already sucked into, you know, I'm looking for the June thing mm-hmm. like every episode. So I was right, already right, looking right. at her and then just to hear this music like suddenly come in. I didn't know it was you so often, but to hear it like suddenly come into the show kind of just changed it a little bit for me, you know, like kind of changed the tone of it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. They the shout out to the music producer on this show. They right, do a, yeah. an amazing job of because if you think about it, a lot of times the music is what kind of pulls it all together. Mm-hmm. If you watch a, a series with no music, you're kind you know it kind of swells your emotions if you don't if, if if you have it right without it, you know, seems fall flat. So um, and it's almost like its own character on this show, mm-hmm. the, the music. So um, yeah. That that was that's a good observation. For also, sure. also on another note, um, as, speaking of final thoughts, I don't think I would have told Fred about the whole Mark thing. I think I would have kept that a little bit on the hush hush. Just at, on, like as far as we are, yeah. I don't think I would have told him I had a connection. I don't know. That's just me though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Serena, she's always got like fifteen plans, but I, right, I just right, like right. personally, I would have been like, I don't know if he need to know all my tricks, but you know, she might, she got some, she might have some numbers leave. I agree with you. I'd be scazy. I'd be like, I'm leaving you. 
Right, right. Like, I just <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, I guess they created this together, so they're always going to have that tie, maybe. But I just, I don't understand it personally. I would have been, I'm just, I would have been like, I'm done. Like, I don't need to talk to you anymore. You know, if her main focus is Nicole, I just don't see what the pull is to be with him anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I'd be like, mm. I wouldn't even tell him I'd just pack my bag. Right. I would be like, yeah, I'll see you later. <laughs> so yeah those are our thoughts on this episode it was crazy um actually we're on our way to record episode 11 so oh yeah so bring you guys to- all the venting bye bye the black girl nerds podcast is produced by jamie broadnax the opening theme song to our show is written and performed by samus Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.